Welcome to the Sounder Podcast brought to you by True Ballistics. I'm your host, Charlie Lobner, and I'm coming at you live from Lookout Studios to keep you informed and up to date on the Hog Hunt Tournament Trail, where hunters from across the country can compete to win prizes each month just for going out and doing what they already love to do. If you are a hog hunter interested in joining a tournament or would like to sign up to help support our cause, you can do so at www.trueballisticsllc.com forward slash tournaments. Prizes will be given out to our winners at the end of every month for most hogs eradicated and submitted, as well as a chance to win sweepstakes prizes for all contestants signed up. Join me as we dive deep into the controversial issues surrounding wild hogs and the first-hand hunting experiences from contestants. If you have any questions about the tournament and its rules, or would like to share any hog hunting-related stories, feel free to email me at charlie at thesounderpodcast.com. Thanks for tuning in, and hope you enjoy the show. All right, welcome back. We are taking a break from making ammunition here at True Ballistics and uh, giving a little time to the Sounder Podcast. We are experiencing a little bit more rain here in early August. We are officially done with our July tournament. And uh, congratulations to our old friend and reigning champ for, well, like this has got to be, his, I think, third or fourth time winning this tournament. Uh, Trisica won with a total of nine hogs this month. Uh, he was, he was quiet throughout most of the year and came in. He, he told Travis, uh, talking on the phone, uh, Travis is out this week. He is on vacation. Hope you're enjoying it, buddy. You deserve it. Uh, told Travis that he was going to go out and do some pig hunting and, uh, got up in first place early and, uh, kind of, kind of quieted down, but nobody seemed to be able to catch up with him, but, one with nine hogs, second place, our good friend, Punisher Hunting, got a total of five. He came, he was in, uh, I believe he was sitting in, like, fourth place uh, last couple of days of the tournament, and I believe on, on the 30th, he submitted two, took him from fourth, put him into second. So he's going to be going home with a uh, steadfast watch from our from our friends at Steadfast Lifestyles. They, they actually just sent us some gear, too, some really nice shirts, we got some uh, really awesome smart watches from these guys. Um, going to be pushing them and uh, give you an opportunity to wear some of their stuff. But their gear, um, their shirts are very comfortable. They breathe down here in the south. We experience a lot of that uh, coast coastal humidity. So uh, you're going to really like this stuff. I think very slick, and their watches a smart watch keep track of your heartbeat and all that. So. Um, Keep an eye out for that. Third place, we got Squeal Team Six, uh, with a total of four. So it was it was a very close tournament this month. Um, we had, uh, believe well, and there was a tie actually for for third place. But Squeal Team Six, having more year to date kills, ended up taking that third place from Travis, who with BCBH, who also had four. Um, so very close tournament. We had. Said Trevor got in the lead early and just happened to hold it. But we are coming into, uh, we are in August. We're going to start seeing a lot more of these fields get harvested. A lot of the farm, farm is going to be harvested. Uh, with rains like we're getting today, keeping the temperatures down. I saw about five or six hogs cross uh, the county road on the way to work this morning. So they're moving. Uh, and it's going to be just a matter of time for they start hitting feeders. Um, with with everything being harvested, they'll start hitting feeders again. And I'm curious to see how how this season's going to play out as as we enter deer season. Um, we're going to have a 
we've had a, probably the wettest summer I can remember uh, in, my, in my short life. But I'm curious to see how it's going to play effect when it when deer season rolls around. I think we're going to have some some really nice deer hanging around. I think that you know their diet. Um, obviously, it's it's been rather cool, so their stress level should be uh, pretty low for for you know, compared to past years with it being extremely hot, extremely dry, and everybody doing their best to uh, get feeders going as early as possible. This year, we haven't really had to do that. Uh, in fact, I just now this past weekend got my feeder going, uh, moved feeder, uh, from pretty much right on the river. I moved it up on the property just a little bit. Um, I'm kind of hunting now between a Creek and the river trying to catch. I had a lot of traffic last year of some, uh, young bucks and, um, a lot of pigs crossing from that Creek down to the river back and forth. There's a lot of cover down there. And then across that Creek. Is kind of like no man's land. We really, nobody in the family really goes on that side of the property. It's just kind of known that that's more of a deer bedding area, and we try to stay out of there as much as possible. So I'm going to try to catch them coming out of that bedding area, crossing that creek. Um, I will be doing a winter oats patch um, in that clearing between my blind and my feeder and just running some corn. You know, right now I got, I think uh, my feeder's going off about 6.30 in the morning, a quick five-second spurt, and then it goes off, I believe, again at uh, 5, 5.30. You can't quite remember which one, another five-second spurt. And then, of course, come closer to deer season, uh, after the time change, I will be adjusting the time that that feeder goes off. I, I typically I don't like the feeder to go off too early in the morning um, because I've it, it never fails. You get that big buck will come in and you could see him. It's not quite shooting light. You can't really, really tell. Um, you can't get a shot off. You're, you're kind of questioning yourself, which buck is it? But you know, he's big. You can tell by the body. And then you could uh, see just an outline of horns as he usually is done eating and walking away. So I try to keep my, my feeder go, my feeder goes off right at like uh, shooting hours, right at, at shooting light. Uh, just because that that's that tends to be uh, tends to keep them around just long enough for you to get a shot, uh, and, and I mean that's that's that usually goes uh, early season because you could pattern bucks down here a little a little better before the rut hits. They they tend to show up at you know uh, pretty much you could you could almost guarantee what time they're going to show up at when you got a, a camera going and you're tracking these bucks. But then the moment the rut starts, it's all you could throw all that out the window because they're chasing does, and they just completely uh, change their pattern. They do all kinds of random stuff, especially the older bucks. Last season, I had what looked like it was going to be very promising, which it was. It, it was a great season. There's no complaints at all. But last season, we did have um, a lot of shooters showing up really early in the season. I tagged out early, but then... Right after that, we had the rut go into effect, and we had bucks just completely clear out, and we didn't see them again until late season and even after season. Um, so, and when you do see them again, it's amazing because when they when the rut first goes into effect, you have, you know, big, massive, swollen stud. I mean, the the neck is swolled up, um, and he's strutting, he's doing all his stuff, and then he'll chase doe for, you know, two months straight. And he'll come back almost a skeleton, um, just from from chasing does all all throughout the rut. And we had a lot of a lot of nice bucks, a lot of mainframe eights last year. Um, 
snap off a lot of their, their horns, a lot of their antlers, breaking off some tines and stuff. So, uh, which is not necessarily a bad thing when it happens to them at a younger age, because generally when they do that, even if they transfer over to the neighbor's property, a lot of the times the neighbor's not going to pull the trigger on them because, well, they their headgear's knocked off. So, um, I expect to see a lot of those those eights that we saw last year um, still be eights this year, but be a lot nicer to look at. Got a couple tens hanging around that I, I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe gained a couple antlers, became a 12, um, and and just really, really bulked up, um, maybe added a little bit of a, a w- width and some height to them. So I, th- I think all our deer this year are going to gain several inches, and we had so many that were on that, that line of being um, almost a fully mature buck. You know, they, they were going, they're, they're not quite in prime. They're going to end up in the next year or two really, really showing a lot of growth. And I think we're, we're going to see a lot of that growth this year with all the rain we've had. And uh, hopefully next year have just some absolute giants around the property. We do hunt a very small piece of property. Uh, it's only, a, it's, well, I say only, I'm very fortunate to have the property that I hunt on family land. It's 186 acres, which to some people that's, nothing um but to some of you listening out there um that it's a good chunk of property but um we are surrounded by other smaller farms so you do see um deer transferring in and out when you have a large piece of property it's easier to keep that buck within your fence line um you know we we cannot control what the neighbors do and uh and i hope i don't sound like one of those guys that's that's talking like i you know uh i i wish all my neighbors the best of luck during deer season, uh, especially young hunters out there. If, you know, you're taking your grandson or, or your kid or, you know, family, friends, whatever, uh, and you're getting them out, out in the woods. There, there's nothing wrong with killing that, that three-year-old eight-point. You know, uh, I, I've seen a, a lot of youth take take two-year-old bucks, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Don't let anybody tell you or, or you know, persuade you otherwise. Um, I think it's important for – older bucks as well that that we do call out some of these young these young bucks um some of these some of these bucks aren't aren't ever going to really see they don't have the genetics not every buck out there is going to be a, a stud so um the less pressure we can have on these bigger bucks by going out and shooting some of these younger guys um it needs to be done so uh by all means you know be the best judge you can be but that's at the end of the day i I'd be a liar if I said I didn't shoot a, a two and a half, three year old eight point uh, growing up. Uh, in fact, that's that's all we shot for several years because um, we weren't really um, we weren't antler hunters. We were meat hunters growing up, and we didn't have a lot of the the big deer that you know we, we'd have an occasional big buck run through the property, but that's not why we were hunting. And we have me and my brother since we've kind of taken over the deer hunting on the property have, have kind of changed, I guess, being more educated in deer hunting and, and how deer grow and how to get bigger deer, um, with a lot more knowledge being out there and, uh, people willing to, to, uh, educate other hunters. There's a lot of guys out there that you could check out on YouTube who have some really good pointers on how to help your deer population, how to help your deer growth. Um, and with that down here in the South, the more you cater to deer, the more you usually cater to hogs as well, which is a, a problem that we are seeing more and more. Um, 
But I would also be lying if I said I am not absolutely ecstatic to maybe get my hands on a really big I'm I'm gonna shoot for a two fifty plus pound bore this year. Uh, hopefully something with a little bit of uh with some nice cutters in his mouth. I I'm, I wanna see some ivory, but uh I think my my I think the position that I put my blind and my feeder, I've kind of um I'm gonna help myself out a little bit. Last year I feel like I I the last couple years my spot I was hunting was a good spot. I, I could have done it better. Um I could have, I, I should have moved my blind farther back. We have a fence that runs parallel with the river. Um, I had it on the river. I had my blind on the riverside, um, which made it a little tough to sneak into that blind in the early morning hours um, without making a lot of noise because you're going through that fence. And uh, it also made it difficult in the evening. Sometimes, you know, I'd, I'd hit the blind 3, 3.30 in the afternoon and hunt that evening. And as I'm walking up to the blind, you know, I hear snort wheeze and, and does. I see whitetails running off um, because I was, my approach to the blind wasn't the best. But lesson learned, I have since then changed that. Like I said, I moved my blind out of that area and moved my feeder. So now I went from, uh, and, the, and the area I was hunting too, because I had my blind on that side of the fence, my max shot was like 50 yards. It was a very close shot. I was almost in bow range um, in this blind. And another thing that kind of killed me too was I realized after sitting in that blind for two seasons that I was just about sitting on the path that these bucks like to come in on. Um, Sitting in the blind, all of a sudden you catch movement out of the corner of your eye and you got a buck 15 yards coming from my left, like right past the blind. Um, the only good thing about that spot was wind was typically in my favor, so they would never win me. Plus, I'm sitting in a box blind with the windows closed up. Um, they they normally wouldn't even look at me. But um, also that blind set up on a on a hill looking down towards my feeder, and which wasn't a problem for me being a little taller, uh, getting my gun out the window. Um, I can make an adjustment to be able to make that shot. But my wife, who's shorter than me, um, because we are looking down and such a close shot, had an issue um, getting her gun angled and being comfortable enough to make a good, clean shot. In fact, when she shot that pig last year, that hog came out about 30 yards in front of the blind, which was an even tougher shot because of how close he was. She actually had to sit on my lap to be elevated enough to be able to look down and uh, make that shot. So um, there, there's ways to fix that. Obviously, uh, taller chairs would, would probably be the easiest fix for that um, and or scooting the blind back. So, so I have just went ahead and, and changed it all up this year. I went down this weekend, um, did a lot of shredding down on the river bottom, cleaning up. We had, With all the rain we had and with more coming in, I, I, I had no other option. I needed to get down there this past weekend because I have – uh, we as true ballistics are going to the uh, Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganzas in Houston, Fort Worth, and San Antonio, and that's all coming up in the next three weekends, back to back to back. And if I didn't get this done, I would miss all of August, be going into September before I can get anything done, and that's just pushing it too close to season for me. I really wanted to get established 
now while we're still in the summer months to get these deer comfortable, especially now that I got that feeder in a new spot. I got the blind in a new spot. They're going to see some, there's just something different about the landscape that I want them to get accustomed to before season comes around and they get spooky. So uh, with that, I have, I have my, my game cameras out. So um, this spot, I expect to see the hogs hit first. It's always been a really good hog hunting spot. We've been killing hogs in this area of the property for going on 15 years. Um, when we first started hunting this area of the property, that bedding area I was talking about is actually where we cut a sundera and had our first blind and feeder. Now, at the time, um, being new to deer hunting, we really didn't know how to approach this. There was a fence on that side. We weren't living on the property then. So, I mean, there was a gate. So what we would do is we'd usually uh, drive to the gate on the county road and park the truck on the outside of the property, walk in, and we would actually, you know, this is how, uh, I guess, ignorant we were. We would actually walk completely down the Sendera, um, past our feeder to our blind so that we were actually leaving a scent trail um, all the way through where those deer were going to be feeding before we even started the hunt. Um, and that, that's how we did it back then, just because we didn't know any better. But over the years of hunting and, and learning more about whitetail and studying whitetail and watching them, and not only whitetail, but, but a lot of these wild hogs that we've hunted, we, we've really changed um, how we approach the blind um, and... I think that has a lot to do with us being a lot more successful um, on top of just the deer population is up. And we have, I think a lot of our neighbors and and a lot of the surrounding hunters kind of all have the basic idea of, you know, let the young ones give them a year. Let's see what they're going to do before we pull the trigger on them. You know, if you don't see a buck make a huge change, you know, at that three, four year old mark, it's time to, I think, call them out. We here in Carnes County have a 13-inch rule that we have to follow. So um, it's hard to call out deer um, when you're looking for, for your good wide racks because if that buck just goes straight up and he's got an 11-inch rack at five years old, you can't do anything about it legally. Um, you can get in big trouble for killing a deer like that. Um, I, I, I like the high and tight um, look. I really do, but you will tend to see – the, the, the bad thing about that is when you put a limit on them and you get these high and tight deer, those tend to be the ones that run off your bigger, wider bucks because when they start to fight, the high and tight gets in there and can uh, do a lot more damage than a big, wide buck, for example. So um, if you see a mature 11-inch rack, a big, strong buck, you know, there's a good chance that he's going to be head honcho on that property and he's going to run a lot of your, your wider deer out of there. So just stuff to keep in mind. Um, but at the same time, it's not worth the risk. I, I don't even know how to like really go about that. I mean, yeah, I, I guess you give him another year and hope he gains a couple inches and, and, and shoot him as soon as he becomes 13. There's, there's really no other way to, to go about it. You know, maybe you get lucky and he, he breaks off, uh, one side of his antlers one year and that technically, I guess, makes him a spike, you know, shoot him then. But we have a a good chance i think of seeing a lot of good bucks this season but we're also going to see a lot of healthy fat hogs which i'm like i said i'm I'm really excited for i'm actually 
in the process of doing a load development on a, uh, I believe it's a 153 grain bullet, um, a new company uh, designing a bullet and it's designed for hunting. Um, it is yet to be, be used in the field, so I'm hoping to be the first one to get out there and take something with this new bullet. Uh, and, and my goal is to, to shoot a big, uh, heavy pig and just get broadside shoulder on it, see what it does to that shield. Um, if I have it my way, it's a 30 caliber bullet, so if I have it my way, I'm going to be running it in three different rifles, um, 308, 30-06, and 300 Win Mag. Um, I believe as far as 30 cal goes, that those are your, besides 300 blackout, those are probably your most popular for this area and for a lot of hunts. Um, you can get faster than the 300 wind mag, of course, but, you know, for the hunting I'm doing at the range I'm hunting, um, there's really no need. There's really no need for me to shoot a 300 wind mag. In fact, I don't even own one. I'll probably uh, acquire one from a friend or here in the shop and just uh, see what it does. But I do plan on doing some load development with that round and shooting a lot of pigs this year. So that's something to stay in tune with. Um, what else we got? We have, so starting the new month um, of August with the hog hunting tournament, we do not have a single kill yet. I expect August to be a lot like July and the fact that it's going to be slow. But that being said, we are seeing uh, these fields start to get harvested. The Milo field across the road from me has been harvested. Um, it is not long after this rain dries up. I'm sure they'll go in, cut and bale, and we're going to see a lot of fields down to, you know, pretty much the stems. And I expect Punisher hunting to go out and really start knocking some pigs probably into this month, into September, October, and uh, probably, you know, still compete a lot through November and December into the first of the year. Uh, Squeal Team 6, this is probably, well, this is probably his, his least, this is his least productive month yet with a total of four, but can't knock the guy. He's been busy at work. We all have been. Uh, BCBH, been doing all they can. Their, their four hogs came off of dogs. They've been going out and chasing as much as they can. Traps aren't working right now. Um, I will be keeping y'all in, you know, up to date with what I'm seeing at my feeder, traffic at my feeder, um, and keeping up with a lot of hunters on Facebook. Um, you're getting some guys that they're, they're, they're finding pigs coming to the feeders, but most of the time it's a very low pressure area. Um, and just a very, uh, high population of hogs when, where you're seeing this at, um, so as I start to see pigs show up on camera, I'll keep you up to date. I believe it'll be here soon. We just got to get these fields harvested. But we're going to we're gonna go into uh, uh, into summer, and I, I feel with the rain, we still got more rain coming in the next few days. So I think we got all the way through today's Tuesday. I think we got all the way to Thursday or Friday, a chance of rain. So we're going to well, – this is the wettest year we've – we've seen in a very long time and I'm very grateful for it. We're going to uh, have a good deer season because of it, but it's it, all, all different types of things can happen. You know, like I said, we can go into uh, October and get an early frost and all this green grass and everything that we're seeing can be burnt off in a single night. And that'll 
that'll change the way these deer act. It'll change when they go into the rut. You, typically, when we see a uh, an, an early uh, cold front, a good cold front, or, or multiple cold fronts, it doesn't have to be like a cold front. It could be a cool front. It could drop, you know, from 90 degrees down to, to 70. Uh, when you have that change of temperature, it seems like you start, and it's early in, in the fall. Recently, I've seen that have an effect on when we start to see the rut go into effect because we're not we're not like up north in the northern states you know you can pretty much guarantee that within a certain week of the year in fall you're going to go into the rut and that's when you need to start hitting your, your tree stand and start hunting we don't have that down here in the south um i've seen i've seen very late ruts i've seen uh, what looked like it was going to go into a full-on rut early in the season then it petered out and you had bucks bachelored up and in late October through mid-November, and then you wouldn't see a good heavy rut until like the last couple weeks of season. And then I've seen bucks chase all the way through uh, January. Even I I saw a buck a few years ago chasing like early February, uh, damn near my in my front yard. So uh, just something to to keep uh, keep an eye out for and uh, kind of try to predict this season. As we all know, these big mature bucks are very hard to predict, and uh, pigs pigs can be easier. But that being said, too, you know, a big boar doesn't get big by being stupid. They are a very smart creature, and you're going to have to hunt them this year because there's. I, I expect a lot of acorns to be on the ground. You're going to see oak trees really produce if you have oak trees on your property. Thought that's where you're going to want to be hunting. I think you're going to see them really put a lot of acorns on the ground. And um, that's going to draw in deer, hogs, and, and everything in between. So just uh, keep an eye out for that. Keep that in mind if you're new to hunting. And, and just get out there and, and let's do whatever we can. But, guys, that's going to do us on time. Uh, been, I'm here by myself today. I just want to kind of update everybody on who won last month. There's nobody on the board this month. If you're interested in getting involved in this tournament, uh, go to www.trueballisticsllc.com forward slash tournaments. Get signed up. Choose what tournament we, you want to join. You can be on True Hog Hunters. You can be on Army Hog Hunters. You can be on both. They they offer different tournaments, I mean, different prizes. It's it's the same, uh, the same rules. Same rules apply to both. Uh, the way the way you uh, submit your pigs. So, uh, get involved. Do your part. We're already out there hunting pigs. You might as well win something for it. We give away sweepstakes prizes. Like I said, I got some really cool gear. I was at the, I want to, before I leave, I want to thank everybody down south. Uh, McAllen, we went to the McAllen Sportsman Expo uh, a week ago and had a really good show. It was nice to talk to everybody down south, all the hunters down there, all the hog hunters, deer hunters, uh, predator hunters, all the fishermen. It was a great show, great turnout. It was nice to see everybody kind of uh, stand up to COVID and get out there and do something with their lives and have a little fun. So, uh, just a really good show. Thanks for everybody that, that came out and talked to me, talked to the guys. Uh, but I, I, uh, that being said, I have a lot of gear that I picked up at the show, uh, as long as well as the gear that Steadfast sent us that we're going to be giving away. So stay tuned. Um, we're going to be hitting Houston this weekend. You can find us in Houston at the, the Texas Trophy Hunter Extravaganza and then Fort Worth and then uh, San Antonio in our backyard. So hope to see you all there. Thanks for tuning in to the Sounder Podcast. I'm going to get out of here. Y'all have a good one. Bye.